Brittany Griner is coming home. Plus, Alyssa Osby talks UNC women's basketball. Blacktown women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. And the very happiest of Thursdays to you. I am Howard Magdal, host of Lockdown Women's Basketball, founder and editor of The Next. Delighted to be with you to talk about this incredible news. Uh, we're already covering, of course, in great depth over at thenextoops.com. I have my initial news story. We have multiple stories to come as well. Make sure you are following The Next everywhere you can thenexttubes.com and on social media at the next tubes. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. And I am excited and delighted later in the program to be talking to Alyssa Osby, who is a breakout star for North Carolina and played for the United States three, three on three this summer. So it should be a great conversation as well. But of course, where we have to start is news that broke early this morning that Brittany Griner, after nine months being unjustly held by the Russian government, first in a Russian prison and then a Russian penal colony, is coming home, is coming home. Um, for me, as somebody who has been in this space for a long time, it has been a challenge to figure out exactly how to handle this. You know, we are, of course, trying to make sure we are amplifying without making things harder. At the time that we were told news stories about it strengthened Russia's hand, we had to balance that against making sure people knew what was going on because everybody cared. Everybody cared. This was not something that came to pass once Brittany Griner was unjustly taken prisoner. Uh, Brittany Griner is somebody with deep ties in the women's basketball community, somebody I've had the privilege of covering for the entirety of her career. Somebody who, and it is by no means the primary part of this, but something vital to remember, is an incredible basketball player, is a generational talent, is somebody that we will cover someday when she is inducted into Hall of Fames in Knoxville, in Springfield that kind of player and a person who would meet you and would want to give you a hug. This is just who she was, somebody with a tremendous amount of love in her heart. And so it is possible to zoom out and think about this in geopolitical terms. Um, I've written about the fact that it is frightening, the idea that we have players playing overseas. We had players playing in Russia, playing in Ukraine, who were not safe. It was BG, and I've talked to so many of them over this period. And, and the very common sentiment was there, but for the race of God, you know, it could have been me. And that is a human tragedy. Um, this is a great day, but 
Brittany Griner will never get that time back. Sherelle Griner will never get the time back with her. Life is precious and life is finite. And it is possible to think that Russia in some ways got what it wanted, right? Victor Boot, a dangerous criminal, returns home. But I... I, I cannot think in those terms today, and, and I'm not going to tell you how to process it, but to me, after that first moment where this has happened, all right, so how are we covering it? You know, I, I'm going to write the initial news story over at the next, um, you know, reach out to our Phoenix Mercury Beat reporter to talk about it from the Mercury perspective. We have a news story coming on reaction around the world of women's basketball. I'm a journalist. And so that is the first place that I go, right? Um, but it was also a Thursday morning and my younger daughter, uh, who is a young basketball player and fan, I got to come down and tell her this. And she's been asking me, you know, daddy, well, is, is Brittany Griner free yet? And I had to tell her no again and again when she would ask about it. And so I got to share with her that, yes, Brittany Griner is free. And my parents called and I've reached out to my wife and spoke to so many people here in this community, which is large and growing, but also so small in so many different ways. So many of us, you know, with just personal interactions, with Brittany Griner, with her family, with the people around her, to know what a what a day this is, what a moment this is. You know, from a basketball perspective, not that this is first or second or even third, but the magnificent Brittany Griner will return to the basketball court, we hope. She's 32. There was a real chance if this did not come together, that we might have seen the last of Brittany Griner on the court at a time that she was playing her very best. The 2021 playoffs, Brittany Griner was a force and somehow found another level, which you wouldn't have even thought was possible given the level she had been playing at since coming out of Baylor in 2013. And a huge shout out to, of course, Nikki Collin, the current head coach at Baylor, for all that she said in support of Brittany Griner, as opposed to people who may have coached her in college. Um, a huge shout out to the WNBPA, which worked tirelessly to keep her in the foreground. To people like Dawn Staley and Tara Vanderveer, who did things we saw and things we didn't to make sure that Brittany Griner was top of mind. It is a sad day for Paul Whelan, to be sure, and anyone who is unjustly held. I have so much respect for Sherelle Griner using that moment this morning with President Biden to speak out on behalf of Paul. What an incredible thing for Paul's family to issue a statement as they did, saying that the United States did what it should have done, what it must have done to bring Brittany Griner home. And at the end of the day, 
that's where so many people have landed in myself as well. Whatever was necessary to bring Brittany Reiner home needed to happen. And it did. And it's happened. And Brittany Reiner is going to be home with her family and able to heal and resume the life that was unjustly interrupted. In due time, I'm sure we'll hear more. In due time, we'll talk to her, right? Maybe, I don't make any assumptions, but I certainly hope for so many reasons because she shouldn't have it taken away from her because it is a delight to all of us when she is on the court that we get to see her back. We get to see her pick up a basketball again. We get to be in the arena when there's a tip-off and Brittany Griner is not a cause and Brittany Griner is not a reason for sadness, but instead we see her at center court for an opening tip doing what she was made to do, which is to play basketball and to be a human. So it, it's, it's a wonderful day. My older daughter, when I pick her up from school today, I get to tell her, Brittany Griner is free. I get to say that, we all get to say it today and every day forward. So this is a wonderful day for women's basketball is a wonderful day for humans. And I am overjoyed. We'll continue to cover it because that was what we do. But we are also people. And so I am exceptionally excited to tell you that Brittany Griner is free. I'm Howard Megdahl, and this is Locked On Women's Basketball. Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. I'm a small business owner. I know it well. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified job candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I know for us over at The Next, it is so important, not just that you find somebody who is able to do the work, but somebody who fits in to the culture that we are building at thenextsoups.com. So I know it all too well. So you go ahead, add your job, and then the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. 
So I am joined by Alyssa Usby, who is a fascinating player, a critical part of the North Carolina basketball renaissance. And Alyssa, before we get into uh, what I'm afraid is going to be my deep basketball nerddom, because I definitely have <laughs> some stats I need to go over with uh, with you uh, and about your breakout season, even among what's been an excellent career. I, I just want to start with obviously what the entire women's basketball world is talking about and really the, the world at large, and that is Brittany Griner's release. And if you could just take me through kind of what your feelings were when you heard about it and uh, what that experience was like here Thursday morning. Yeah, I would just say that I'm excited for Brittany and her family. Uh, that is huge. And for the rest of the basketball community, because as we saw, and if you watch a lot of women's basketball, you could have seen a lot of people supporting Brittany Griner um, during their own basketball games. And I thought that was that was a very special moment. So excited for her. It's 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 wonderful to see, and I'm I'm delighted. And of course, she plays in a league uh, I will be covering you in, a matter of when, not if, as far as I'm concerned, which is the WNBA, and the ways in which you are getting there are fascinating. So, you know, speaking of America, you know, you represented the U.S. this summer uh, in three-on-three play. Uh, it makes a lot of sense, obviously, given your game. But I guess I wonder, sort of in reverse, how you feel like playing on three-on-three uh, three has impacted your game coming back to be playing, you know, obviously the more traditional five-on-five five here uh, at North Carolina since the summer. Yeah, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing that helped translate from three on three to five on five was just the ability to, well, I'll start with three on three is a very fast paced game and it's much different than five on five. So your reads off of defenders and working with your, within your own team has to be a lot quicker, especially because the shot clock is only 12 seconds in that league. So you're really kind of, just making the quickest decisions you can. So I help, I think that helped develop my basketball IQ a little more um, because now as I go to five and five, there's a 30 second shot clock and it's so slowed down. So I feel like I can see some things before they happen now and I can kind of scheme a little bit, a little bit more. So I think that was the biggest thing that I kind of took away from that experience. So let's just give our listeners a sense of this as to why I'm saying it's when not if. You are six foot one. You have WNBA size. You have the ability to guard two, three, four, you know, right on up the line. Um, but the numbers that I am particularly excited about are twofold. One is the flexibility that you bring to your game. Um, you know, there's that stat, stat stocks, which is steals and blocks. Uh, mm -hmm. You are at a 2.5 steal percentage and a 5% block percentage, being able to put that combination together obviously is so vital to this UNC defense, which is elite. When you are thinking about your role on this team, do you think of yourself as a rim protector first or somebody who's getting into passing lanes first as sort of your primary responsibility? I would say they both kind of go hand in hand um, because I'm someone who prides myself on playing hard defense. Mm -hmm. Like I want whoever I'm guarding or if I'm the help defender, I'm going to make it so hard for you to score over me, around me, or through one of my teammates. I'm going to have their back if they get beat. So I just try to do my best to make the other the other team just have a nightmare of trying to score. 
And so that's something I pride myself on and I can carry with me through every game and that will always remain constant in every game. I, I mean, I say it about a lot of prospects and, and you are significant in this respect, right? It's your offense is going to be a necessary entry point to get you into the lead, but your defense and frankly, your rebounding uh, is going to get you there as well. You know, again, you are not center sized, but you are putting up center sized rebounding totals. Uh, mm -hmm. You're, and at both ends of the floor, you're double digits in terms of offensive rebounding percentage. Uh, you know, are, are comfortably among the elite on the defensive boards as well. Is that just an extension of the defensive effort? Is that where that comes from? I, I know people talk about rebounding is so much a question of desire. Is that how you see it? Yeah, I definitely think it's something that you could categorize as desire. It just matters to me. Like when I see a ball go up, I'm like, why can't, why can't that be my rebound? Like, I'm going to go get it. So I just go in with the mentality that every offensive rebound is mine. Every defensive rebound is mine. And I just keep reminding myself of that throughout the game so I can remain persistent on the boards. Uh, I, I obviously want to get into the offensive end of things, but I need to talk about a shot that you made. It didn't count in the games themselves. It, it was uh, a shot around social media and that is to say you were on a ripstick you were I, I mean I, I'm gonna put a link into the description so people can see this okay. <laughs> yes yeah on a ripstick you were juggling three basketballs and you made a shot as you were doing it this is April 2020 we're all looking for something to do take me through how does an idea like that even come about I think I was just on my like little ripstick um, out in the driveway and my brother was shooting baskets. Um, I was like, hey, can I see that ball? And then so I'm ripsticking and dribbling, like still dribbling between my legs. I'm on the ripstick. And I was like, wait, let me see if I can. I know I can juggle. So let me see if I can try to do something. I was like, hold on. I told my brother to grab his phone and record me just, just in case I made it on the first try. And then first try, just got it in. I was like, oh, my gosh. It's like, I need to post that. Someone needs to see it. Everybody needs to see it. I think I, like, I think the UNC account should be posting it every single day. But, <laughs> you know, again, you you have gone through, this is not the typical college experience, right? You know, so you go, uh, and I understand you came prepared even when you needed to uh, quarantine as players during the NCAA tournament. Um, that you made sure you were ready. You, can you kind of take me through, like, like, take us all through, like, what that felt like, how you prepared, and just what that experience was like playing in an NCAA tournament that we all hope is unlike any other they'll ever be again. Right. Um, well, I think that preparedness started before I got to college. So during quarantine, I really took, I took a step back and realized the opportunity that I had in front of me. I had Zoom school from about, like, Zoom high school from like 7 a.m. to we ended about like two o'clock. Mm -hmm. So I would get up and work out by myself in my garage. I'd always get up at 5.30 and I would do a workout and just try to mimic what I knew I would need, I would need to do at the college level. And then after school was over, I would get out of the garage, do some ball handling drills, and then I would work out again, see if I could just prepare my body as much as I could for college so I could hit the ground running. And so I'm really proud of myself for my consistent effort throughout quarantine and staying motivated in that sense. And so I'm really grateful that I did that um, because that allowed me to 
kind of coming to college feeling really confident in myself. So then as we get into the tournament, um, I think that preparedness just came from within my team. Um, we were all really motivated despite the pandemic and, you know, not having like classmates, not being able to see anybody really except for our own team for so long. But again, we just took that challenge head on and we said we're going to make the most of this year. Um, we're all, we all knew we were granted an extra COVID year. So we're like, why not give it our all and see what happens? It's been fascinating to see the way this program continues to rise. I think it's worth noting for our listeners, you come from essentially Big Ten country. You come from Rochester, Minnesota. And is there something in the water where there are so many elite basketball players? You know, Mara Braun's doing crazy things at U of M, obviously Paige, you know, right on down, Monica Zanano and what she's doing at Iowa. What is it about Minnesota that produces so many great women's basketball players, do you think? I think maybe a couple things. I think, one, a lot of us kind of run in the same circle, um, and we've trained with the same trainers. We play against each other in AU, and then you see the same girls in your high school games. And that just com that competitive atmosphere has developed over a lot of years. And I definitely think that group of girls that I was growing up with, um, with a couple years older and younger, we are just really optimistic about the future and kind of just believes in ourselves that we could do anything. And I would just say that it's coincidence from there maybe, but it's pretty cool. It makes sense when the pipeline of talent, it, you know, the funnel at the top is wider and more people have more opportunities and the competition is so high, it, it, it tends to lead to those types of results. It, no, it's really interesting. And the same, sure. there are so many players from, your home state I get to cover for many years to come, which I am very excited about. And then you did make that choice that you come to UNC. Um, you you had the option, I know, of playing multiple sports, too, um, you know, out of high school, you know, whether it was soccer, whether it was softball. You know, take me through kind of what it was that made UNC the choice. And and, I, and I'm curious, you know, UNC obviously has a, a soccer um, legacy as well that's significant. Um, you know, did you think about soccer as a pathway for yourself as well? I definitely, this was a really hard decision for me because I grew up and I played those three sports, basketball, soccer, and softball all the way through my senior year, mm -hmm. even though I was already committed to a school where some people are like, oh, I don't want to play this other sport anymore because I don't want to get injured, which I totally support. But for mm -hmm. me, it was all about having fun. And that has kind of just been my motto for so long. Um, so I, I was really heartbroken at the same as as I was super excited when I committed for basketball because I knew how much soccer and softball both meant to me. Mm -hmm. um, so like coming to a school like UNC, I'm watching the soccer team in the national championship the other night. And then I, I've gone to dozens of softball games already because I can just it just feels like home to me when I'm watching those other sports as well. Um but then in my choice with UNC, I knew that coming to this school specifically, I would be surrounded by people and put in an environment where athletics matter and school matters. And so I felt like I'm, I'm going to be a product of my environment. So I wanted to make sure I was in the best environment I could possibly find. And this was just the best fit for me. And it has allowed me to grow in so many ways. So I would never change my decision. And we definitely won't. We won't talk about the very end of that game, 
uh, the national championship college cup game. Mm -hmm. Suffice it to say, had you been on the soccer team, I believe it would have been. Uh, <laughs> who's, who's oh, hey, too nice. No, no <laughs> otherwise, right? So <laughs> I, I do want to point out also that at the spring football game, you won the women's punt, pass, and kick competition with a 35-yard field goal. Um, I, I have spoken to Carly Lloyd about this. Carly Lloyd, of course, went viral uh, for a field goal that she made as well. Um, and even, you know, there was some interest on the NFL side. Have you thought of doing, you know, let us say something similar to uh, what happened down in Vanderbilt? Have you thought about going out for the football team uh, and giving that a shot? I've only considered it just kind of jokingly, um, but I've never really consider it, considered it a serious possibility because I've just been so interested in basketball and seeing where that uh, career can take me and just trying to maximize the opportunity. But I think it would be so cool if I just got to do it once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see it. Yeah, and seeing Sarah Fuller kick that extra point was great, but seeing you kick a field goal would take it to the next level, I think, as well. So, yeah, yeah, to put me – Put me on the list of hoping for that as well. Um, right. But I do, want, I, I do want to get back to your basketball uh, skills as well. And I, I know you played all five positions in high school, which I'm sure helps with your versatility. But there's a bread and butter part of this, which is, all right, can you finish at the rim? Can you finish at the rim with efficiency? So if you'll forgive me a little bit of the basketball nerddom, you were at 58% at the rim last year. This is by CBB Analytics, which is just an incredible site for people who obsess about this stuff like I do. And you took 35.5% of your shots at the rim. Okay, well, let's fast forward to this year. You are at 74.4% at the rim so far. And almost as important, 43.4% of your shots are coming at the rim. So now take me through to the other side. How does that happen? Are you working uh, in the weight room to get stronger? Is it a question of uh, where you're finishing? Is it a question of what uh, Courtney is steaming for you? You know, how does that come about? Because it's obviously a huge jump. Yeah, um, I think it starts in the weight room. I think my strength and my motor has been something I can rely on. Mm -hmm. um, just because I can post up smaller defenders, I can post up defenders that are my size, and I'd love I would just as much as those two sizes of def defenders, I would love to post up someone bigger than me because I can just use my different skills in that sense. Whether it's my um, just like my ability to get around a defender um, and such, so it definitely starts in the weight room. And UNC has done a great job of providing that just like our weightlifting programs, because we all have a program that's specified to ourselves and to our needs. And I've always lifted growing up. I think I started weightlifting in seventh grade. Um, so it's been a long time coming with that. So uh, definitely something I rely on. And then in terms of scheming, I just like, I just tell myself to never settle. And that's what my coach reiterates as well mm -hmm. is, if you have a outside shot and it's like a little contested, why not try to get to the rim? Cause you're either going to get a layup or going to get fouled. Um, so that's kind of been my mindset in that sense. But um, in, the, in the driveway, I've always played against my brothers and we're always like kind of closer to the basket. So it's always pretty windy or it's raining outside. So we just kind of stick pretty close to the basket. So I think I also just have a knack for scoring right around the rim.
you mean to tell me the Minnesota outdoor weather isn't always friendly for a basketball game? No, I mean, the winter, you know, we'll play in the little snow and ice, but yeah, weather's, weather's not too bad. It's a, li- a little a little kinder in Chapel Hill, I'm sure, in terms of uh, being able to be outdoors. Well, the, the last thing before I let you go, because I, I, I love this little detail um, that was uh, shared uh, with us, you know, from from your SID uh, extraordinaire. Um, and that is um, Dana Gellin, just to be clear. Um, the you came into in a class and you were one of five freshmen. And the consensus had you as the lowest rated of the five. Uh, I understand you put that on a whiteboard and use that as motivation. Tell me why and take me through what you what you currently have on your whiteboard as the thing that's driving you right now. Yeah, so I think the, the that whiteboard idea and not being ranked uh, the highest or really very high at all. Yeah. Um, was a great motivation for me because it just gave me a reason to keep working harder. And as long as I got better a little bit every day, I knew that would get me to where I wanted to be. Um, currently right now, my whiteboard, I'm trying to think what is on there. There's a couple stats on there that I'm trying to improve from last season. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple like comments from like other like in-conference coaches that have made statements about me and my game that, are also very motivating to me. So I just, I'm looking for things to just keep adding to that whiteboard. Um, And I read it about every morning and it just gets me fired up for the day. Wow. Alyssa, whatever you are putting on that whiteboard, it is sure working. So uh, very excited about all that you have done and what is ahead. I do want to tell our listeners that, uh, first of all, thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. As you know, we are six days a week on women's basketball, and uh, our team at the Nets, thenetshoops.com, has over 100 reported pieces about women's basketball every single day. So you check us out, thenetshoops.com. For your second listen, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today, from the games that matter to the most and biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And Alyssa, I am very much looking forward to the year ahead to see what UNC does on the court, to see what you are doing in all these realms. I guess if I could leave you with one final question, it would be if you could pick that single stat. And I'm curious, maybe it's one of the ones on the whiteboard, but that single stat that says to you, you know, I have gotten to where I want to be by the end of the season. What would it be? Hmm. I don't know if it would be a particular stat, but it would be the success of our team. Mm -hmm. I would love to see and be a part of an elite eight and a a final four run that would be the biggest measure of success for me. Um, but obviously I know that there's personal goals that I would like to reach along the way that are in, in coalition or in correlation with um, our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just say just like shooting percentage overall, I think my shot selection is really important. And that's something that I watch film on with my coaches and just trying to be as effective as possible to put myself in a good position to help our team win. 
want. Clearly, it's working. You are part of a team that's fifth in the nation in block rate, seventh in the nation in turnover rate, which is to say you guys take care of the ball as well as anybody. Mm -hmm. And you look at uh, among the players with at least 20 minutes per game, you're at 58% from two and 53.5% overall. So, well, man, if that gets even better, look <laughs> out, everybody. So, Alyssa, thank you for your time. Thank you to our listeners. We will be back with you tomorrow. Natalie Heaven will be hosting. And, of course, we will have the WNBA Draft Show on Saturday as well. Until then, I am Howard Megdahl wishing you a wonderful day. And once more, Brittany Griner is free. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.